Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast for cozy introverts. We're your hosts, Steffi Predmore and Megan Myers. This week's episode, Busting Skincare Myths. Hello. Hello, Steffi. How's it going? Well, the other day we went camping, as I talked about last time. Uh-huh. You survived? I survived. Um, but you know what sucks about summer that I had completely forgotten about? Because we usually don't go camping in the summertime. Bugs? Bugs. Uh, cicadas, pers- more specifically. They were very, very loud. <laughs> I don't, like, all night long, basically. Oh. They do not shut up. That's not, um, and that's not like a soothing nature noise. I mean, it's got like a rhythm to it. So it it ended up kind of being okay in the end. Um, but it was more like I would eventually, I would fall asleep and then I would wake up and they would still be going. And then I would fall asleep again and then I'd wake up and they'd still be going and fall asleep again and then wake up and they're still going and then fall asleep again. And then I would wake up and it'd be birds. <laughs> <laughs> well... You're just reminding me why I don't go out into nature. So thank you for reminding me why I don't camp. I mean, also I was sleeping on the ground and... Yeah, there's a lot wrong with that story in my book. So I'm glad that you had a good time. I mean, it was still fun. I still like camping. It's just uh, a lot of... There's a lot of other things that go with camping that I do not like. (laughs) I guess no activity can be perfect. Right. Uh, yeah. But it was nice to get away. That's and nice. Be be in nature for a yes. few days. Yes, and you you disconnected a fair bit, and you know, I I had to go three days without texting you very often because I was trying to let you disconnect, and that was shitty for me. So selfishly, don't go camping. Well, I'm again. sorry. Uh, well, next time you just have to go camping with me. No. Ha-ha. <laughs> You don't want that. <laughs> you don't want to hear me bitch for three days straight. We'll go glamping. Perfect. That I can do. A glamp I can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, of, I guess speaking of glamping, I feel like you would take your skincare as you go glamping. We you really are, don't, but you should. Well, you should. If, if you're, gl- not if you're camping, but if you're glamping, maybe. It depends on the bathroom situation. That's true. I don't I don't go anywhere that doesn't have a good bathroom situation. But today we are chatting again with our first ever special guest. She is back to continue the conversation you guys loved the first time around. So here to dive deeper into the skincare conversation, please welcome back Ade Olienka. Hello, you guys. How are you? We are so good. We're so happy to have you back. I am really excited to be back. I I feel like that first experience, that was my first experience podcasting before I started mine. And you guys have such a great space. I've learned about plants. I've learned about cats and how much you hate it. I've learned about so many things. (laughs) I feel like right after we had you on too, we're like, we have to have her back. Like, can we just have her on like as our third host and we'll just only talk about skincare from now on screw all the other topics <laughs> i would so. show up every week if you guys asked me every week oh Aww. we love you <laughs> 
So the last time you were on, we chatted a lot about skincare in general, and we talked a lot about your favorite topic, which is SPF. Uh, But we thought today it might be kind of fun to cover some myths and misconceptions that people have about different kinds of skincare products. And we wanted to start off by talking about retinols, but before we dive into some other, some myths around this category, can you give us a brief overview of what a retinol even is and what the heck it does? For sure. So retinols are kind of the layman's term for vitamin A products. Um, So you know how we, well, I, I do use the word Kleenex instead of tissue sometimes. Retinol is to vitamin A or retinoids as um, Kleenexes to tissues, right? So vitamin A and and retinoids are the broader category of products that we're talking about. And what they do is they help treat acne and aging concerns and hyperpigmentation. Um, So with the aging concerns, which I think people of my age and older are more concerned about, this is things like fine lines and wrinkles, stimulating collagen production, things like that. Um, they can be oral or topical, but um, for the most part today, I think we're going to talk about topical things, things that are like creams that you put on your face, and they work by speeding up your skin cell turnover, turnover, excuse me, and that means um, that they speed up the process by which your skin cells turn over and die, and that makes way for new cells to grow underneath and your skin to be like glowy and young, um, and they also hamper, like I said, the collagen to break down and they help th- thicken those deeper layers of the skin where wrinkles even start. So they, they're preventative, but they also treat wrinkles that are already there. All in all, I would say that retinols are, or retinoids, excuse me, without a doubt, are really the premium skincare ingredient for women of like 28, for everybody, all skin type, male or female, um, 28 or 29, 30. In that range, you should really start to think about starting to get on a retinol. So, are all retinols the same? Here is where I had to kind of slow myself down when I was thinking about this question, because it's a biggie. The answer is no. Um, And while they all kind of do the same thing that I just described, they're really not the same. Like I said, they are a class of products, and the way that the actual active ingredient or that the retinoid comes, it it has different chemical structures and different formulations. And these differences make it so that the product can work faster or harder. There's not really a good way to describe it. It's almost like espresso versus coffee. Like they they do the same thing, but one's like more concentrated, stronger, right? Um, And your skin actually recognizes them in different ways. And this is really important, right? Um, If you go to the doctor, they'll prescribe to you something called retinoic acid or tretinoin. And this is like the thing that all the studies are done on. Your body recognizes it immediately. It's bioavailable. That's what it means that your body recognizes it. And it's like, great, I'm going to start making that collagen right now, right? Like immediately starts working. And this means that it can often cause more irritation. It can often make your skin start peeling and get super dry. Um, so even though it's like the gold standard, right, there are reasons not to want to use it. Um, it can it can be um, kind of a tough use sometimes. I'm actually using it right now at a really low percentage and it works great. Um, but at higher percentages, it can be kind of irritating, even though it works really well. And there are tons of other forms of retinoids that you can buy without going to a doctor. Um, so these are things like retinaldehyde or active retinol. And these, when you put them on your skin, your skin actually converts them into retinoic acid, right? 
Um, and then it can start working. So it has to do a little, your skin has to think and do a little bit of work, do a bit of a dance before it can actually start to make that collagen and start to treat that acne and start to work on your hyperpigmentation. And there are other forms. So retinol to hide and Gran Active take one conversion. Retinol, which is the one that we all talk about all the time, right? That mm-hmm. one takes two conversions. And there are others like Adapalene and retinol palmitate and all kinds of others that take more conversions, right? And these differences matter because it might take longer to get the results that you want. They're still working. They're still doing the same thing, right? They're speeding up that cell turnover, but it might take a little bit longer. They're going to be gentler. You won't have as many severe side effects. Um, And so these are like the main differences. The other thing that I'd like to throw in there as a difference between different kinds of retinol are the actual concentration in whatever product you're using. So for example, I'm using something that is a 0.01% tretinoin or retinoic acid. It's a really, really low percentage. It's, you know, 0.1 of 1%. It's it's really small amount, but it's still doing the job, right? And a 0.1 of 1% of the of the pure retinoic acid stuff is going to be way way more effective than the same amount of say retinol or some other form. Um, so you want to pay attention to both the form, the actual chemical formulation that you're getting, um, and you want to pay attention to the percentage. But before I get off this topic, the last thing I want to say is that they're the same in two ways, right? They can make you dry. They can make you peely. They can, especially when they're really at high percentages. And my favorite thing, you need SPF when you're using them. You can't have SPF (laughs) when you're using any of these retinoids. It's so important. I was wondering how long it was going to take you to to tell us to use our SPF. (laughs) (laughs) I have multiple follow-up questions to all of that. Oh, for sure. I know it can be a little bit technical. What's up? So you're talking about percentages, first of all. So I have a retinol in front of me. I grabbed some products from my bathroom so I could be prepared. Um, I have an inky list retinol in front of me, and there is not a percentage on the packaging. So how do I know what the percentage is? I would say in the case of, of products where there's not a percentage on it, often they'll have it somewhere on their website. And if they don't, um, there are really great bloggers and um, industry experts out there that have done a lot of work to kind of try and classify ones that don't have good um, information on the box or on the website. So I will say that Carolyn Hirons did a whole big long series about like every major retinol that she could find. Um, She's a YouTuber. She also has a blog and she um, outlined the actual percentage of the pro- of the active ingredient in so many different kinds of products. I don't think she did the inky list one, um, but there are other people out there that have tried to kind of get that information from the brands if it's not on their website. So I think Google it, do a little bit of research, but know that like if it's not directly on there, it's probably a pretty low percentage. Um, so that's a general rule of thumb because usually brands love to advertise when they have got like percentages, <laughs> like 1%, which is, which is really high. Anything over 1% is probably not realistically happening because 1% is pretty much the legal limit for most of most types of, of retinoids. And then my second question, follow-up question to everything you said. Um, so if you are starting out using a retinol and you mentioned like Depending on which formula you're using, it might take a different amount of time to see results. In general, how long, and this kind of goes for any product that you're starting out using, how long of a trial run do you give a product before determining whether it's working for you or not? 
So I guess I determine in a couple of ways. So the first is like, you'll know within a couple of days if it's bad, right? <laughs> right? Like if it's like making your skin irritated, if like you are breaking out, like you, if any of that happens um, with a few exceptions, uh, you should probably just stop using it and at least do a little bit more research on if that's supposed to happen. So like there's that first check of like, is this harming my skin in some like terrible way? Mm-hmm. And then there's like the longer process of knowing whether something works well for your skin and whether it's really doing like what you want it to do. Um, I would say with retinoids, um, they're going to work almost certainly if you're getting them from like a reputable, like a brand that you trust um, because the ingredient just almost doesn't fail. So it will work. It's just about how strong it's working. And for that, personally, I think some people might say differently. Personally, I wait like a whole skin cycle, which is like two menstrual cycles. So like a month and a half, two months um, to know if something's working really, really well. I guess I've really never really thought about the skin cycle in terms of... Yeah, I, that... that never- I don't think they actually align well, but that's just like, I heard somebody say two months once and I was like, or like two skin or one full skin cycle, which was... Mm-hmm like 40 something days and I was like okay two menstrual cycles that works for me yeah that does make (laughs) sense because of how much your skin changes during that time period on its own yeah I'm just hitting the two the two menstrual cycles time period for me using my my retinol that I'm using or my retinoid excuse me that I'm using right now and I'm feeling like okay this is working like I actually get a feeling like my skin is fully adjusted any little you know zits that I got here or there that might have been from using the product but might have not have been have like kind it's kind my skin's kind of evened out it's kind of especially with the retinoids it's kind of gotten the hang of what it's doing mm-hmm. so here's a question and I know we're sort of rabbit trailing a little bit on this and off of like what we were originally going to talk about but this is so interesting um so if you're using a retinoid less for like acne and more for some of that like anti-aging thing and that like in a preventative way what are some ways to know if it's like really working for you because obviously i mean if you don't look like a like a old hag by the end of the two months i guess that's (laughs) that's a good sign (laughs) yeah um i would say with every retinoid i've ever used um and i've used only like four i guess now so i used adapalene prescription when it used to be prescription and that's like different, right? It used to be a prescription you can now buy mm-hmm. Target or CVS. Mm-hmm. I used um, the Ordinary's Grand Active Retinoid. I used um, uh, Peter Thomas Roth's Retinoid. And I am using Tretinoin right now um, from Curology. And every time I use a retinoid, you get this like mysterious glow. Like, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like your skin looks a little bit more even. This is like almost overnight, right? You can... Uh-huh see these results almost it's like it's like almost like um you know old soap operas and how they you know blurred yes a weird dream vision I feel like I get that a little (laughs) like like two nights of use I feel like I get this like nice glowy version and that's kind of what retinols do right they they speed up that turnover of your skin so that like fresher newer skin is on the outside so you get this like weird sheen glow that's really nice I love it okay that's good to know. That's good to know. So, um, so you just talked about how uh, different is something that used to only be available by prescription. So, um, I guess that actually that's sort of a misconception that we hadn't hadn't hit on to discuss. But um, the idea that like if you can go buy it at like 
Walmart or Target that it's just like a super chill product that it's not like going to be something that is going to be really um, harsh on your skin. But clearly, like if that's a product that was originally prescription only, like that's probably a pretty strong product, right? Yeah. So Adapalene is an interesting one because it's a weird like cousin. It, it's not like a direct derivative of ice of tretinoin uh, or retinoic acid. Um, so I don't actually know the whole story and, and the whole like legal um, story about how it moved from being a prescription only to an over the counter uh, formula. I would say that like generally speaking though, your question hits on something really important, which is that things that you can, just because you can buy it at Target doesn't mean it's not strong. Just because you can buy it at Sephora doesn't mean it won't burn your face off, right? Yeah. Like everything, I think everything needs to be, personally, I research everything before I buy it. I have a list of things that I've like looked up what people have to say about it. And that's how I know things like the drunk, that drunk elephant's retin, retinoid product is really strong, right? You can buy that at Sephora, literally a 14 year old go buy it with a no problem. And it's really strong stuff. Um, so when it comes to retinoids, honestly, I know I've given you guys a lot of information, but the truth of the matter is it's, it is complex, right? It is complex. Like the same, the same, two different brands could write the same percentage, could write 1% and it's not 1% of the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I think this is where doing a little bit of research, if you want to use a retinoid, doing a little bit of research first, um, really helps you out. Just making sure that it's gentle, seeing what people have to say about it. And then there are some trusted brands that do really gentle retinoids only, right? Um, you're both using the Inky List, I believe. And um, the Inky List Retinol, they, that is their philosophy. They want to they be for beginners, right? So that's a great place to start with a retinoid. It's over the counter. You know it's going to be chill. You know it's going to be safe. But I, I, don't, I, I don't know if this has come across yet um, in, my, in this particular podcast, but I'm, very, I'm a huge advocate of being very careful with retinoids. They are a great... Um, ingredient, a great class of ingredients that is kind of the gold standard of anti-acne and anti-aging skincare. But, you know, they can really sensitize the skin. So whether you're getting it over the counter or from a doctor, frankly, because um, I got a dappling from a doctor and I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I, I got pretty I got pretty bad skin damage from using it in an incorrect way because a doctor didn't give me all the pieces of information that I needed to use it right. Oh, fun. So, like no matter what, like do your research. That's that's great. That's that's super awesome. <laughs> he didn't tell you that. It was a really unfortunate situation. I think it had to do. I they, I, I didn't. They didn't tell me to use sunscreen, or if they did, I didn't really listen because no one had ever told me to use sunscreen before. And we talked about this last time. That's a common misconception for darker skinned people. Like you don't really need sunscreen. You sure do, and you especially do if you're slawing off layers of your skin. Right. <laughs> Everybody use your SPF. So how? Do you recommend people, because, so one of my friends, like, I'll do a little anecdote here. One of my friends was talking about how during quarantine, she's suddenly into skincare because she has all this downtime, and someone else recommended for her to get on retinol, except she really didn't give any other information, and so how do you recommend people actually adding this to your skincare routine? Yeah, this, I think actually quarantine is a great time to start on retinoids because they do make your skin, you know, a little bit more or a lot more, depending on the strength. They make you more sensitive to the sun. And so when you're not going outside as much, it's a great time to start a retinoid. The other thing 
that it makes it a great time is that especially if you're using a really strong retinoid, your skin really will peel, like peel, 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 peel. And so if you're not seeing anybody, it's a great time to be <laughs> out and about uh, or to not be out and about um, and, and getting the benefits of the retinoid. Um, the way that I would say introduce it to your routine for retinoids, first of all, only at night, use it only at night. Um, start by one or two nights a week um, and see how your skin does. I would do like a Monday and a Thursday or something like that. Um, and then up it, up your daily usage as, as the weeks go on. I usually give things a week and a half to two weeks of, you know, of some routine because I'm impatient. So I'll go a week and a half, two weeks of using it two days a week and then up it to like three days, four days, whatever. Um, the other thing I would say is with retinoids in particular, um, but really this is a good rule of thumb, you know, you don't want to be doing anything else with your skincare routine at the same time as you're starting a new thing. So with retinoids, I use them at night. They're the only thing I'll use at night. So I start by washing my face, applying the retinoid, and putting on a moisturizer. That's it. You don't want to put any other things into the routine for two reasons. One, because you want to know if, it, if it's that thing that's working. Um, and, and, you know, you want to, yeah, you want to get, you want to hone in on whether that retinoid is working for you. And if something goes wrong, you know that it's the retinoid. And the second thing I'd say is nothing will do as much for you as the retinoid. Almost certainly. It's like the most powerful thing that you'll probably be using in your skincare routine. So, you know, why waste other product when it's not going to have that much of an effect compared to the retinoid? That's awesome. That makes that makes sense. Um, and if she didn't hammer it home enough, only use it at night and use your SPF. Got to use your SPF. Use your SPF. You're not going outside, <laughs> especially if you're on a retinoid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, does so? Okay, we're talking about this with retinoids, and but it applies to like a lot of different types of products. Uh, you see like a percentage, right? A percent concentration. Does a higher percent concentration of whatever active ingredient we're talking about mean that it's better, a product is better or more effective? Again, I think this is a really great question. You guys are really hitting the nail on the head here because often people do think more is better. I was one of those people. I still fall into that trap sometimes. Um, but the truth is that better is better, <laughs> which is, I mean, if it's better for your skin, then it's better. And and how you know that, uh, let me back up a bit. Picking up a 1% retinol, or, or which is strong for a retinoid product, um, a 30% vitamin C or like a 20% glycolic acid, these, these things can do more harm than good at a certain point. It's almost like working out, right? If you work out too hard, you can strain a muscle. They make, they might be stronger and they will definitely do the thing they're meant to do. So in the case of an exfoliating acid, like putting on a 50% acid on your face, I don't think that exists, but yes, it will, it will definitely exfoliate, but it might be too much, right? Um, and you might actually set yourself back from your goals by really harming your skin. Um, and so I think I tend to think of skincare as a long game, as impatient as I am. I've gotten better over time at like slowing it down, starting with a lower concentration, seeing if that product works for me, that ingredient works for me. And then, okay, great. My skin really responds well to salicylic acid, makes my acne go away. Maybe next time, instead of trying a 5%, I'll try a 10% or a 7%, right? I mean, really seeing A, if it works, and then thinking more about upping concentrations, especially if you're feeling like, hmm, I've been using this, you know, 
5% like, or, you know, salicylic acid for two months and it's having a little bit less of an effect. So maybe I want to up it. Right. Um, just, I think it's a, it's a smart way to stay safe and also find out what works for you. That makes sense. I like the, um, analogy of, of working out and that if you go too hard, you do too much, you can absolutely injure yourself and then set yourself back, um, from where you want to be. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. So... We love anti-aging. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't want to look like a radioactive baby when the time by the time they're done with their skincare routine? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's settle this once and for all. Is there anything that can actually get rid of our wrinkles? So here I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth again and say kind of yes and no. Um, so. Topically, the closest thing you'll get to something that can reverse the signs of aging is retinol um, or our retinoid products, vitamin A products. They genuinely help your skin um, to, to remember how to um, produce collagen, right? They, they, they wake up some things that might be slowing down. Um, and so retinoids are the closest thing you'll get. Um, and the closer you get to like, you know, no conversions, the closer you get to tretinoin and not having any conversions, but, you know, the more your skin recognizes it and does that work. Um, but really the answer is, in many ways, the things that can reverse the signs of aging um, kind of instantaneously are fillers. I mean, you can get a nice hyaluronic acid filler right there in a wrinkle and it'll pop it right back out, right, if you see the right specialist. So, I, you know, there, I, I'm not pro or anti fillers and Botox. I, I think that you should do what you want with your face who knows? I might be one to go for the needle one day if, if it suits my fancy. Those are the things that will actually help reverse. Um, side note here that I always want to specify because I just learned this not that long ago. Botox is actually more of a preventative tool. Um, so if you if you actually have wrinkles already, you want to think more about you want to think more about fillers. But Botox actually is a muscle relaxer, so it stops those muscles from moving around and creating those wrinkles. Um, Back to the topical space though, things that you can actually apply to your face. Like I said, retinoids are really important. They're like the number one thing, the number one most researched thing, the number one most proven thing that can really help your skin. Also vitamin C helps stimulate collagen production and peptides are this other class of ingredient that really help your skin remember its scaffolding, its structure. Um, so as you get older, um, it might be worthwhile thinking about trying a peptide serum. Um, you can alternate that with retinols or retinoids every, every other night or whatever. Right now I'm currently using a peptide serum as well. And they just kind of help your skin. So peptides are kind of the proteins that make your skin structure the way it is, you know, it's like help it stay full and, and plump. And as you get older, your body just has a harder time producing those as well. Um, so while retinols can, retinoids can help with the collagen, peptides can help with, you know, that structure. So when we see these commercials for topical products, and they're like, reverse all of the signs of aging, like, depending on the product, maybe it's sort of helping with that, but it's also a little bit of a marketing ploy exaggeration. Yes. And like, I mean, here's, here's the thing that's important. As long as a product has a retinoid in it, they can kind of make that claim. However, you want to you make sure that 
it's, you know, actually the star ingredient. If, if everything is, if it's like 99.99% water and there's like a drop of retinol in the whole bottle, like how much is it going to help you, right? right? And so this is where, you know, being a little bit literate about reading an ingredients list help, will help you out. Um, and yeah, just doing as much to prevent before it get you know, before it becomes a problem versus trying to treat it later. All, a lot of these products can help temporarily reduce the appearance of wrinkles, but actually reverse it, nah, I don't buy it. Yeah. I feel like this, to take it to like an extreme example, I feel it's things, it's like when people are like, well, this will prevent you from dying. You're like, actually it won't. I will die at some point. It is inevitable. It's just like what's going to delay that process. I feel like aging is just, it's just like at some point you're going to have wrinkles but how are we delaying that process? Exactly right. Right. And the only thing that can yeah. really help those are things that like physically go in there and like prop up the skin, right? Yeah. So, so anything topical can't can't do the same thing that that Botox and fillers can do, right? It's just not possible. It makes me think a little bit too about um, like the what is that? Because you mentioned water, so it made me think of those like beauty waters or whatever oh, I can't yes. what they they're like sold in the skincare aisle mm-hmm. but um I just don't know how those would be your skin will be so either. hydrated from our special expensive water <laughs> so are these things powder. that you like ingest well there's a call there's collagen powder which I do actually use collagen powder but there's other ones too that are like specifically marketed as beauty enhancers that are ingested yeah i mean here's the thing i don't know so much about that space i focus mainly on the topical space but here's mm-hmm. i've heard people that i trust um experts that i trust say which is that like your whole body has skin right and who's to say that when you drink that thing it will go to the place that you want it to go <laughs> your body does recognize where you want that what you know whatever you're drinking to go that hyaluronic acid to go you just end up with really hydrated elbows right like who knows i mean do you want to have a good hydrated elbow though you don't want to crust i mean true (laughs) true um so like it's not to say that these things don't work it's just to say that you know they don't necessarily work in the same way that topical things work um, because, right. because your skin doesn't necessarily recognize where you want it to go. Your brain's not equipped to do that. Right. The same kind of like metaphor that we're using with exercise, like where people are, I want to tone my stomach. Well, your body is your body. You can't necessarily only tone like certain parts of your body. Exactly. Exercise. No, that's an exactly, right. that's yeah. a great if analogy. Doing, if you're doing cardio, it's hitting everything. You're not just hitting those abs, y'all. <laughs> I know. If you're something. doing ab work, you're not just hitting the abs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and it also depends on your body type and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. some people will just never have a six pack. Well, thanks for making me feel guilty that I didn't work out today. Thank you. I, I didn't either. Don't not, worry. None of us did. I could for a safe space. You <laughs> so you know that Steffi and I are kind of weirdo hippies. We did a whole episode about our favorite hippie products. And yeah. a lot of our listeners are as well. Are there products that are either natural, organic, or, quote, clean? Are they safer or better for you? Okay, so this is a... I'm going to try to be nice and chill when I'm... <laughs> I have 
strong oh, opinions. Oh, you have a chill. <laughs> don't, don't even probably try to pretend you have any Go chill. all in. <laughs> Here's the deal. And again, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Because my core, the core of my being is very anti this like clean beauty movement. Um, because I don't think that it comes from a great place. So there, there are a ton of really great natural and organic brands out there that are both science-led and natural and organic, right? Like they, they actually understand what it means to have a good delivery system that gets that retinol past the initial barriers of your skin deeper so it can do more work or that gets that hyaluronic acid past those deeper layers of the skin or sorry, more shallow layers of the skin so that you can be more hydrated from within. There are brands like that, Josh Rosebrook, Jordan Samuel, Tata Harper, there are brands out there that are great and natural and organic. But for the most part, a lot of that marketing is bullshit. <laughs> Excuse my French, but it, it, yes. it really, they are very, they push, they push on things like parabens and silicones that are, are well-researched and have been proven to be safe for years right for for years we've known these things are safe and they were actually developed to keep us safe and they push on these things and they say that they're dangerous and a lot of this comes from the same kind of feeling and 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 vibe as the anti-vaxxer movement frankly it's it's based on misinformation misinterpretation of data and frankly money right getting money out of selling things to people out of fear right I don't want to pick on any brands, but there are brands out there um, that use things like, um, here's a list of things that are suspicious that we keep out of our products. And they are perfectly safe things that they keep out of their products. And they, they freak people out into thinking like these things aren't safe. No, there's just something that like Susie, the founder of this brand, decided she didn't like. And now everyone's deciding that they're really dangerous, right? Um, so I think what what really upsets me is that there are brands that are leading this charge and then there are other brands that are refusing to take the time to educate their buyers about the great things that these these ingredients actually do and they're just banking on people's fears. So it's not so much that I think every product in the world has to have a paraben, right, or has to have a silicone. It's more that I, I'm aggravated by this movement that's like it's all part of this anti-knowledge anti-science movement and it's really concerning to me right like i buy things from natural brands i i live and die for josh rosebrook hybrid hydrating accelerator which is like an organic natural hyaluronic acid face spray like a, a facial mist i love it right i'm not anti things that are clean i think it's just this is more of an industry problem than it is an individual's problem at least among the people that i know i don't think you guys are anti-science right but that is correct. I think the, the industry needs to do better and be more responsible um, about really fighting against this push against things that are scientifically safe. If I told you that I left a, a, a bowl of water on the counter with no preservatives in it for like six months, and then I was like, come drink it, you wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> right? But people are like, preservatives are bad. That's crazy. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like the ingredients are really long words. They're words that people can't pronounce, and that's scary to people. Mm-hmm. And no, I I, I, I understand. I think people are very. We're not versed, right? We're consumers. We're not mm-hmm. experts in this industry, and that's why I blame the industry more than I do consumers here. 
Um, because, you know, misinformation happens, right? Things happen. That's how that, you know, that, that's that one study that was anti-vaccines that said like vaccines gave some kid autism or some small group of kids autism, right? It was a bad study. It was eventually retracted, but it was incumbent on the industry, on the medical industry to push back against this. And when they didn't in time, it was too late by the time they started doing it, right? And I see the same thing happening in the skincare industry. Like we are not the experts. It is incumbent on experts to speak out and not to actually buy into the system of, of fear mongering and selling people things based on, you know, misinterpretations and misunderstandings, frankly. So to sum up, I think there are some really great national brands out there and I'd be happy to recommend some to you guys because they're great. They're great. They do it. They you know, they, they do the research. They do what they say they will do. But there are other really there are other brands that I think are frankly dangerous. And, and then there are another subset of brands that just are selling by fear. They're just joining in to make money. Right. And they're probably selling you something that may or may not work for a lot of money. <laughs> and then you're putting very fancy water on your face. It's doing nothing. Um, so I feel like I feel like this might tie in a little bit to what we're already talking about. But when we're looking at price point of products, um, does expensive always equal better? And are you always getting what you pay for if you're buying that very expensive water? <laughs> yeah. So I think I think the answer here again. I feel bad that my answers keep being yes and no, but there's there's there are two sides to this argument. It's fine. You sound like a lawyer. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's the deal. There are t- a increasing number of budget brands out there like the inky list like the ordinary naturium is one that i just discovered um that are selling really great products for really affordable prices right they cater to the budget customer and they're good products they they do the job um and then there on the other hand there are really expensive brands out there that'll sell you like a serum with gold in it and literally the gold doesn't do anything like it has no beneficial skincare purpose it's just like pretty but it has a brand that sells a serum with crystals in it and it's like the crystals don't do anything (laughs) it makes makes me sparkle why are you charging me for the crystals or the glitter or the gold it doesn't make any sense right (laughs) um so, so those are the kinds of things that i'd be wary for on the expensive end but on the expensive end with really good science-led brands i know i keep emphasizing this like idea of science-led brands but Something like SkinCeuticals, who sells a three or two hundred, almost two hundred dollar vitamin C serum. The thing that makes SkinCeuticals, the you know two hundred dollar vitamin C serum, different than Maylove, the twenty six dollar vitamin C serum, is two things. One, they did the research that proved that vitamin C worked in the first place. So we're paying for not just today today's product. We're paying for future products to also be better. So that's one thing that I would say. The other thing that I would say that's more directly applicable to that vitamin C serum, that's $200, is that there are different ways of getting that ingredient to be stable. There are different methods of getting that that ingredient inside your skin. Um, There are different, the formulations can be, you know, they they put better version, like slightly, I don't know, better is is a bad word just different versions of the same ingredient, slightly differently formulated, slightly different products so supporting it. And those things do make a difference, right? I, I won't pretend that Maylove is 
the exact same as the SkinCeuticals vitamin C. A, because we wouldn't have the Maylove vitamin C without SkinCeuticals, right? SkinCeuticals walked so Maylove could run, but also because it's literally just a better product, right? It's better in the sense that they both have 20% vitamin C, but one will penetrate a little bit deeper. It has products in there to make it a little bit gentler. Like they'll do the same thing in the long run, but it'll be a more pleasurable, better experience. So how do we know which of the expensive products are really worth the money? Yeah, I think this comes down to brands. <laughs> and I and maybe that's, I think it's just the easiest way for me to look at it. There are brands sure. that I think are great and that I trust and that I know that their science is, is, is good. And like, I'm not just going to walk into Sephora and buy some like new, not to say that it's not good, right? But some brand that I've never heard of who has like a $200 serum. I'm just not going to do it because I know that there are brands out there that are literally doing the scientific research. And this and how I find out which brands those are, are by following experts, following estheticians on Instagram and on, on Twitter, following dermatologists and seeing the brands that they use and recommend, especially the ones that are um, really active in the space of like educating consumers. Um, they are doing a lot of work so that we as consumers can know who to trust. Um, and again, like, I think I said this last time, there are some people that I, I really trust their word and that maybe that's a personal thing. I, I've spent a lot of time weeding through different, you know, influencers and I don't even want to call them influencers. They're experts, right? They're experts in an industry and, and they've tried a lot of products. They've worked with a lot of brands and they know who's good and who's honorable, frankly, um, like who are good people, but also make good products and they know who might be you know, trying to pull some, some wool over your eyes. That's, that's awesome. And we know that Carolyn Hirons is. <laughs> Guys, I love her so much. She's amazing. <laughs> Megan, every time Carolyn Hirons reshares a story, like an Instagram story that Ades tagged her in, she texts our friend Kathleen and me immediately. <laughs> immediately. And it's like, pooping her pants like oh my god <laughs> immediately i i think like there's something about the rawness and and the willingness to tell to tell us the truth about the product even if it's like a, a brand that's her friend and she's like i don't think this is very good you guys i'd skip this one i mean that that's what we want right we yeah. want that kind of transparency yeah i think the benefit of like we said earlier about being stuck in quarantine is that uh, you know, you're not just going to go to Sephora, pop in and be like, oh, I want to try skincare today and just buy a bunch of random shit. Like, and get you kind of have to do your research because you're at home. Yeah, get sucked in by that thing that has gold in it. And you're like, oh, but it's so pretty. Look right. <laughs> you don't have any excuse for not doing research. Absolutely. And I think that, like, hopefully we're all, I mean, we'll see how this lasts, right? But coming into some better practices, even if it's just like, oh, I have a vitamin C serum right now, but this is one that I want to try. Let me have a list in my phone, in my phone mm -hmm. of like things that I want to try. Um, and I try really hard to stick to that list of things that I want to try um, because there are infinite amounts of products out there and a lot of great packaging. <laughs> I love a good package. And um, trying, making sure that I stay on track um, is, is important and, and, you know, doing the research ahead of time and just taking notes down when people say, this might be good, try it. Um, that, that's, that's how I try to keep on track. 
and within budget. That makes sense. I know that you can't be swayed by the packaging, though, because I shared a story the other day that I saw on Instagram with Steffi for a product <laughs> that had, it was being advertised as this great product, and it was like a natural and all this supposedly good things, and it had like six boxes I don't even know what was so going on. It was so many packaging. It was <laughs> like, insane. I can't even remember where the product was now, but it was literally, it was, she opened a box and there was tissue paper and then she and then had there was a pouch thing. inside the box. It was the and most. And then inside the pouch was another box. <laughs> and yeah. And it was supposed to be like a, like a, a very like hippy dippy thing. And I was Guys, like, you're killing the world. I, this is where crap. I really, really, really hope that the, that the clean or, or the, you know, I hope this movement eventually makes a turn towards like, we're not going to sell you products that will don't have any preservatives, but we will try to minimize the amount of boxes that we use and use yeah. sustainable packaging. Yes. And because everything matters, right? Like you right. watch the good place. You did a whole episode on it, right? Like we have all of our actions have impacts and, and I'm not going to stop take caring, taking care of my skin, but I will try to be responsible in buying skincare from places that actually care about stuff like this, like the inky list, actually, they're an amazing um, they're amazing at this. Um, and, I, and I try to pay attention to those things because they, they matter. They matter maybe not as much to me right now as the insults inside the but close, right yeah. in there. I'm really, I try to be really cognizant about buying from beauty brands that are cruelty free. That's really important to me. And there are a lot of really great brands that are, um, uh cruelty free uh sometimes uh, sometimes they have the leaping bunny certification and stuff like that um but you know and in addition to looking at like is there just like a bunch of unnecessary plastic or cardboard or whatever it is um because i do i feel like in some ways those are those are as important as sometimes what those ingredients in there are yeah i think that's really important and, and i think you know, the way that I talked about brands jumping on the bandwagon earlier about, you know, not putting parabens in their in their skincare, which is stupid. Um, I, I love seeing them jump on the bandwagon of cruelty free and environmentally sustainable packaging. Like That's the kind of stuff that we should we as consumers should be demanding and that brands should be pushing for. Right. Yeah. Um, and let's forget all the other nonsense that doesn't actually matter. Let's spend our money on, on getting better packaging. Yes. Love it. So when you are using a product, uh, you talked about how like your skin can peel with retinoids and various other things. But I remember commercials where like you'd be washing your face and then like it tingles. So I know it's working. Like, is that something that should actually be happening to your face? And is like, is that a sign that you know it's working? Is that what you, you should be looking for? Oh, man. I... I love a skincare product that tingles on your face because <laughs> it just, it feels cool. It feels like you're doing something right. But I feel like it's sometimes if it's tingling and I'm worried that I'm burning my face off. Exactly. Right. It's, Dep- it's, so, depends unne- on the it's so unnecessary. <laughs> it is so unnecessary. Like there, there are very, very few exceptions to that rule of like, I would use it. It tingles and I'm not concerned. Um, so this is like a really similar conversation to the one earlier that we were having about, about concentration or strength of, of the product. 
um, and percentages because honestly, usually what's happening when you feel tingling in products that are that are good and normal, I don't mean like some weird mint menthol product that you bought on some Instagram site, like super, <laughs> super natural or something. Not that there's anything wrong with natural, but like, I mean, like you bought it at Sephora. It's a, it's an acid and you put it on your face to exfoliate and now it's tingling. In, in many cases, that just might mean your skin's a bit sensitized, like you've gone a bit too far, you've done a bit too much. So if you're feeling tingling, especially if you don't normally feel that product working, you should probably, you know, just give your t skin time to rest. There are some things, um, namely acid toners, um, exfoliating acids, that sometimes you'll feel and it's okay as long as it's not a strong tingling. And vitamin C's actually sometimes will ting tingle, not ting, <laughs> it'll be okay. Um, but for the most part, if you don't generally feel that product working, I, I would I would be very cautious in proceeding if, if you are feeling it today, right? Because um, it's usually a sign that, that your skin barrier, like, you know, the, the, basic, um, the basic protective function of your skin that prevents things from coming in, it means that tingling usually means it's a little bit compromised. Mm-hmm. Which can happen a lot, like if you um, miscombine products, right? Yes, yes. And also for me, um, I, I love acids. I love exfoliating acids. I love a glycolic, a salicylic, a lactic. I love an AHA, a BHA. They're, they're great products. You get instant glow. Like, it's, they're fantastic. But I used to be a daily acid toner, sometimes twice a day. And partially because I'm on retinoids, partially because I realized my skin just couldn't handle it. I had to back off, right? Um, and I, what I did was I used so many acids, some of them strong, some of them not strong, that my skin barrier was wrecked, right? And I just had to back off. If you feel that product working all the time, every time you use it, really, you should question that. And if you feel it working and you don't usually feel it, then you should definitely question that. So that's my advice there. That makes sense. Well, I feel like I, I every time we talk to you, I just learn so much. And then I'm like, I need to go research all the things and maybe buy all the skincare. Um, so I, thank you for coming back and sharing your passion for smooth, luminescent baby skin with us yet again. You're also, so welcome. So use and your SPF. Everyone use your SPF. And always, <laughs> always, anybody can feel free to reach out to me on Instagram especially for any questions about about products um I I love helping people out and I love saving people money that's the most important thing like not buying something that you don't need or you don't or won't help you yes saving saving money gives us joy beautiful skin gives us joy let's talk about what else is bringing us joy Megan you go first okay so I'm going to I'm going to call out Ada here a little bit because last month I received a mysterious package in my house. I have a mysterious very very heavy package. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened it up and it was two cases of Spindrift because we had had a random Instagram conversation about Spindrift and I had mentioned I could not find it easily where I live. And Ada sent me two cases of Spindrift, and I have been parceling it out and not letting anybody else have any so that I could That's my have this thing. joy, like, very <laughs> constantly. And every time I have one now, I think of you and how sweet that was for you to send that to me. And it just made me so happy. 
and it's still making me happy. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I texted Stephanie and I was like, this is a sad story. You can't not have sparkling water. I, <laughs> I would literally be dehydrated. Really good stuff. I'd have my to husband, go to the hospital from dehydration. If I didn't my husband gave one to my son and, and I was like, those aren't yours to give away. What are you doing? <laughs> you <laughs> tell him, Megan. Up. Tell him. <laughs> that, that was my favorite thing when you were like, the six-year-old had one and didn't even finish it. I was so mad. <laughs> It's cardinal sin. You got to teach him young. It was just, I mean, he, he normally finishes them. It's just, it was late in the day. So fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> oh, that is too good. Love it. Ade, what is bringing you joy lately? Um, interestingly, it, this is a really hard question for me and I knew it was coming this time and I still feel really put on the spot. Um, I would say it's been a really hard two weeks. Um, I don't know when this will air, but we're recording it, you know, in the midst of some of this craziness still um, in the aftermath of events in Minneapolis and around the world. And it's been a crazy two weeks for me. Um, And the things that bring me joy are really some small moments, dancing to Jonas Brothers with my sister, watching the Avengers movies with my sister, chatting with my parents. So just like small family moments right now, just reminding me that like there's hope and niceness in the world. And Chris, Chris Evans, of course. Lots of-, <laughs> Lots of Chris Evans. Kathleen and I have been texting you Chris Evans gifts, articles, videos every morning. <laughs> to Are those gifts all of his butt? Because. Uh, okay. I'm going like to be honest. be in on this. Yeah, there are, I'll, I'll make sure to send you some too. Um, there are not as many gifts of Chris Evans, Evans's butt as there should be. Um, I know because I have gone deep into the Giphy rabbit hole. Um, I have, Amazing. I have not just searched and you know, this, this is for my friend, you guys. Like I, I, I'm doing this for, for my friends. Doing the Lord's I, work. I'm doing the Lord's work of of going in and not just searching like Chris Evans and Captain America, but I'm also searching things like Chris Evans' butt. Oh my America, gosh. America's, America's <laughs> ass and seeing what comes up. And Amazing. Sometimes I have regrets about having typed <laughs> those words in. Uh, but you know, it's I'm doing I'm doing the hard work so that you can feel some joy in your life. And you know, it's uh, if if that's what it takes, you know, that's what it takes. What I gotta do. <laughs> so we we are also watching all of the Avengers movies and. It, Ever since like the America's Ass thing came out, like you can't watch the original, the earlier ones, and like not just be staring at its ass the whole time. It's so good. It's so awkward to do with your twelve-year-old, <laughs> like right there. Chris Evans is a perfect human specimen. He really is. Oh man, I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> Steffi, what is bringing you joy? Uh, well, going from uh, Chris Evans' butt to. <laughs> This feels like quite the uh, quite the 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 abrupt change, but we started the baby on um, real food this week, so she um, started eating apples yesterday, and she loves it. 
and it's so much fun to see her like, oh, what is this? Oh, this is good. Oh, I like this. And she gets like really chatty about it and tells you all about it while she's eating it. And it just, we were, were, I was feeding her tonight and Alex and I were just like peeing our pants laughing because she was like so funny. So that is what is bringing me joy right now. I bet he's just waiting for the time you can bring, you can give her a lemon. Oh, and and like pick, he like cannot wait to feed her like pickled stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. He does love pickled stuff. He loves, you know, he loves a pickled thing. He like is like, can't wait till we can like give her like sauerkraut, like pickles and da 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 da. And I was like, okay, well, we, 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 we still got a little bit to go there. Like, let's, let's, let's start with apples. That sounds like a good. That sounds like a good thing to start with. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you both picked really sweet things, but I'm surprised you didn't pick the musical Cats. That's what really... <laughs> you know, we do love the musical Cats. It does. We did decide, like, we were gonna when we watch it, we were going to watch it together, but also I have not been able to commit myself to the amount of money that you need to pay to rent it, <laughs> which I don't even think is that much, but it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> any amount of money is too much. It really is. That's one of those where you're like, I will not pay any money for this. It will be free on a streaming service I'm already purchasing. <laughs> like, if it's like $3.99, I will I'll do money. it. But I don't know. I think $3.99 is too much money. Like <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen any versions of cats, nor do I think I will, based on your podcast, actually. No, it was. Ter- it's terrifying. It's, just, uh, the, yeah. just the images, just, just too terrifying. Just too terrifying for words. So yeah, you know, I've you know, we've we've got we've got standards, okay. <laughs> 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 so next week, in honor of Megan's wedding anniversary, we are actually going to be diving into the topic of marriage. Join us right back here as we share the joys and frustrations of marriage and talk honestly about how not to kill your spouse. Until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Talk to you soon.